touchdown. Hello and thanks very much for tuning in to this week's episode of Huddles and Stout. We're on episode 11, week 8. It's uh, The season is flying by at a rate of knots, but I'm delighted to be joined as always by Rocky. How are you pal? All good? Hello, hello. We're back for more. It, the season is, we're getting close to the halfway point and it's gone in the blink of an eye. Yeah, we're... Uh, we're racing through and we're providing, I think, horrible takes on a weekly basis. And I hope you're enjoying the horrible takes. But no more horrible than you would get in any other podcast. Um, yeah, it's worth pointing that out. That uh, I, I think least, this is the season that's really exposing a lot of uh, a lot of people, a lot of takes. Opens, air quotes, journalists, closes, yeah. air quotes. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. yeah. We picked a really good year to start the podcast. <laughs> I think any prediction we've made is wrong. Yeah, I think any prediction anyone's made is wrong. Um, yeah, in fairness. This point. And look, the season could flip on its head. But look, we'll we'll crack on. Um, the Sasquatch stat for this week was actually sent in by a listener, friend of the show, Mr. Keith O'Neill from Edenderry, County Offaly. Shout I'll out. read it to you. I'll read it to you. Keith, I hope you enjoy listening back to this. Russell, Russell Wilson has seven more bathrooms in his house, 12. Then he has touchdown passes through six games, which is five. Uh, it's <laughs> the biggest disgusting. house. Biggest house Honestly. in Denver history, I think, is the, is the official quote. But uh, yeah, that kind of epitomizes the struggles in Denver at present. Um, if you, Russell Wilson, at the start of the year, you would expect, particularly with the contract he has, at least average two touchdowns a game. I uh, he might have he should have at least matched the amount of bathrooms in his house now at this stage. We're in a keeper league, obviously, both myself and Rocky. It's a twelve-team keeper league, so it's it's quite it's quite deep. And I was very successful, made it to the final. I actually lost to Rocky in the final last season. And the uh, the methodology I used to get there was drafting a new QB in a good situation, like is in a good like obviously I drafted Matt Stafford. Um, I, dra- I tried to do it at L with Russell Wilson and. Close <laughs> to dropping the price. Oh, big time. So, look, I suppose without much further ado, we'll kick things in to the week seven recap. Week seven recap. Now, so kicking things off, um, we kicked off on Thursday night football. Actually, a first decent good for, for uh, Thursday night football in a long time. Arizona 42, New Orleans Saints 34. We then obviously made our way to the early slate games on Sunday. So Baltimore overcoming Cleveland 23 points to 20. First shock of the day, Carolina overcame Tampa 21 points to 3. Followed by a a red-hot Cincy overcoming Atlanta 35 points to 17. Probably not the comeback he would have dreamed of especially through first, the first three quarters but the Cowboys were victorious over the Lions 24 points to 6 mm. the Giants keep rolling um, victorious in Duval County 23 points to 17 Colts uh, obviously I think it's just fair to to start wondering about Trevor Lawrence yeah we'll get to that but uh, yeah no, it's definitely definitely a, a point of concern or a note of conjecture 
Uh, the Titans were victorious over the Colts, 19 points to 10. Second shock of the day, the Commanders, led by Heineke, overcame the Packers, 23 points to 21. The Broncos started again, losing 16 points to 9 to the Jets, and jumped to 5-2. and two. Um, Las Vegas were got their second win of the season, overcoming the 1-4-1 Texans, 38 points to 20. Second ups, uh, third upset of the day for me anyway. Seahawks overcame the Chargers, thirty-seven points to twenty-three in LA. Yep, the Geno, the Geno hype train is, he's for real. Oh, I think Walker's for real too as well. Um, yeah, that absolutely Walker is is legitimate for me. He's a great compliment. I think he's he's. I know it was um, it was also Rashad Penny, but the two of them, I think they were a big part of what yeah. is allowing Geno to do what he's doing huge part of that success um, obviously uh, unfortunate for McCarthy is, is, is maiden voyage in the in the red and gold of San Francisco Chiefs overcame the 49ers 44 points to 23 then the Sunday night football game to his return from back to back concussions overcame Pittsburgh 16 points to 10 and finally last night again a little bit of an upset but the Bears the Bears Keith O'Neill will be very happy with this result 33 points to 14 over the Pats in a, in a game that could pile the pressure on Mac Jones. It's a surprisingly good game. Mm. Um, Zappy came out. anybody but New England fans, I suppose. Zappy came out slinging. Slinging. Yeah. I suppose... But it didn't last the whole night. It did not. Um, I suppose that's week seven recap. Now it's time to move on to the main segment. Five and goal. Five and goal. So I suppose now is as good a point as any to give a quick shout out to affiliate sponsors, USA Sports, You don't have to be delusional to realise it's getting a little bit nippy and USA Sports are coming up clutch again. 25% off all hoods and mitts this week. Discount code fall twenty five pick up be it's beanie season it is bobble hat season it is so. you need to pack get packing yeah yeah you definitely do need to um so i take the lead in this one I'll go first I, I whatever you want uh sasquatch uh it's yeah. i think i think i might take the lead in this one okay if that's okay yeah okay i've just i've been gonna i've been thinking about this all week oh, okay all right, Tom Brady. He has his off-season distractions. He's got his divorce. He's got um, Bob Kraft's wedding gift to worry about. But what's happening with Aaron Rodgers? Back-to-back uh, -back losses to the two New York teams, the Giants and the Jets, and now another loss to the Commanders. Is this a lost season for Green Bay? Aaron Rodgers. He's not playing up to scratch. His defense is underperforming massively. We've already beat the drums on the um, young wide receivers, the lack of chemistry. But his offensive line is also underperforming. David Bakhtiari is just not looking as sharp as he was pre that injury last year. Anything that could have gone wrong for the Packers has. And is this season a write-off now at this stage? I don't know if it's a write-off just yet. Um, Could be a bit early. 
could be a bit early. The NFC is not looking too strong. Um, with the exception of, look, we bring it up, we go we get the week. The NFC East, imagine going 6-0 and and badly needing to win the game on the back of your bye to avoid kind of losing uh, kind of foothold in the division. That's such as kind of how well sides are going in the NFC East. I, I think we generally could see three sides in the NFC East make it to the playoffs this season, and I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, they're, they're all in the playoff picture right now. So, so that'll leave one wild card amongst the other divisions. Yeah, and I and I do kind of back the sides in the NFC West, what West, West, to uh, get a player <laughs> the West uh, to get a. I think a, it's a, a SpongeBob reference. I think I think that might stick, the NFC West. Um, you know, I think the the kind of the synopsis and why it's not working in Green Bay. It's just not a roster that's built to work with their scheme. I think they're young players. It's it's too complex of a system. I think they just need to keep it simple. It's 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 a very complex system, and I don't know if the young wide receivers are adapting to that system. The young me. ones. Yeah, I think you're right. I think um, obviously, I think the ball has kind of bounced in Minnesota's way in a couple of their games, so that's obviously put the pressure on that they've not quite been able to maintain the pace with them. But if you look at, um, so if you discount the division leaders at the moment, and you're go at the moment we're going to assign a wild card spot to the Giants and the Cowboys. There are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. The seven other NFC teams with three wins. So mm -hmm. it's a bit of a frenzy for the last wild card spot. Which is true. Yeah, I just I just don't know if I'd back them down the stretch, given the other sides in that mix. Yeah, I'm like, those sides are the the commanders. I'm not sure about them. The Bears, I'm not sure. The Falcons are feisty. The Rams, 49ers, and Cardinals. You gotta back one of them. It's gonna go to one of them. I feel. Um. You know, the 49ers can be quite feisty defensively, the Cardinals offensively, and the Rams may be a mix of the two. So we'll have to wait and see. That's the, the, the quiet buzzer. This, I don't know, quieter buzzer. Um, this time out, quite loud. I think, yeah, week. I think the previous buzzer might have been was it a bit sharp, a bit harsh? It was a bit aggressive. It was, uh, and I, I can only apologize to the, to the listener. And make amends look we're in season one we're working the kings yeah out. we're working things out you might notice new features as you listen um to this episode in particular um i suppose moving on it, it's interesting you brought them up in that kind of feisty nfc sides still plugging away um it's obviously the big news on thursday breaking news distracting from what was a good game thursday night football a reminder to everyone that andy dalton was kirk cousins before kirk cousins and I suppose my, my, my query to you is, while the result didn't go their way Sunday, how do we rate the trade for McCaffrey? And does it catapult the 49ers to potential NFC champions? Well, see, I think this is one of those trades that works out for both teams. Obviously, um, McCaffrey looks good. He looked good. 
on Sunday. Um, but you can't you can't turn your nose up at the compensation they got uh, Carolina that is. Mm. And and saying that Dante Foreman and Chuba Chuba Hubbard had a great day. 20 cor- 24 carries I think between the two of them, nearly 200 yards rushing. You know, it's it's more than they amassed with C-Mac. Now whether that's you know uh, the dead cap books. Yeah, yeah. The the forty or the the books might have not expected much of a rushing attack with C Mac gone and there you go, that's how they take advantage. Um I think I prefer the trade for the Panthers. Yeah, I think for me ultimately like I, I do think they're gonna be strong this season. I think offensive weapons, like you're not gonna get much better than the combination of CMC, Debo and Kill. I think I mean let's be honest they've kind of they're kind of maxed out on offensive talent there i think they're strong defensively but jimmy g's flaws showed up not flaws as such he's an average quarterback and just like if i walk into a room with brad pitt in a tuxedo no matter how good looking i am i'm gonna look ugly you know what i mean is that fair enough to say that any quarterback in comparison to patty mahomes is gonna look average you put it beautifully Um, i hope so hope so um, I think ultimately the success of this trade is not this season. I think it's next season, and it's predicated on Trey Lance hitting the ground running. Yeah, I think so. Um, it's a three-year deal. It's a really three-year deal. Though. Probably good, I suppose, for the long term. Yeah, as you say, the long term implications for Forty Niners. Uh, you don't want to see Debo Samuel out there running the ball and getting injured. Now you've got a, a pass catching back. Mm. Um. And I suppose to really, really, like you can see, you can you can have a big higher opinion of draft picks, but you have to see who's selected. You know, the the there was a second, third, fourth, and fifth round pick traded for McCaffrey. You kind of have to see who those selections end up and how they end up doing to really get a definitive answer on who came out on top. Okay. So we might know for two, three years. Yeah, so I think we, um, if we're done talking about C Mac, yeah, the buzzer did go. He did look good. He did look good. Yeah, Uh, he did. He did. He he looks good in that uniform. I like his pregame outfits. But uh, I think he is a a Cali boy, isn't he? Yeah, he's that neck of the woods. Yeah, Santa Clara Supermodel. Right. Well, moving on to um, the Cowboys. Dak handpicked the Detroit Lions as the team to make his return against. It has emerged. How did he do in this defense-dominated matchup? Um, yeah. What's what was your impression of Dak? He struggled. Um, I think it's fair to say. I think against anyone else, like the Lions were. Was it ten and six? And the Lions fumbled the ball across the end zone. Um, and that was a key yeah. turning point for me because the, the Cowboys went down the field then and scored a touchdown. Um, the Lions were the Lions. Unfortunately, as, as much as it pains me to say, we, I suppose we, we spoke at nauseum of wanting the Lions, especially under Dan Campbell, to do well. But I just think the Lions are the Lions. And 
Look, he, he struggled, but he's been out for six weeks. So, was that to be expected? Yes. I thought in yeah. patches, you've seen why he's better than Cooper Rush all the same. Yeah, I'd agree. I think um, he, he didn't look as sharp as the Dak from last year. Mm. Um it it probably he probably chose one of the league's worst defenses to come back against. You know, it would have been trial by fire to to come back against Darius Slade, James Bradbury and the Eagles mm. defense last week. So you can't blame him for that. Um and I do think it will take a couple of weeks to readjust. Overall I I if I was a Cowboys fan I'd be happy enough because the defense just continues to show you how good it is. Mm. Micah yeah. Parsons, uh, I know Trayvon Diggs had an interception that a lot of people feel shouldn't have been inter- an interception. Um, it was kind of ruled one, and the replay wasn't that conclusive. I don't think it was. But he got the interception, uh, and just playmakers all over the place. Um, Dorrance Armstrong and Demarcus Lawrence, just a fearful, fearsome D-line. Fair full, fair some, who knows? Yeah, no, um you look know, for me, look, obviously it's it's fairly obvious the Cowboys have done. They've got the Lions, the Bears into a bye week. So look, maybe maybe it's a glimmer of hope that the Bears might be more competitive um last night and they might give them a they might give them a knock next week. Um who knows? But yeah, look for me I wasn't expecting much from Dak. I know the the media outlets probably were and and certainly if Tom didn't struggle I think it would have been made a bigger news story when it actually isn't a news story um, an injured player struggles yeah. on his return like it's not a huge thing for me but yeah look I think it's going to be the NFC East is going to be tough who comes out like look, we're 6-0 but by no means of the race, is the race run um, I think the NFC East could, could throw some Throw up some uh, surprises down the stretch, especially that playing each other. Obviously, we're two uh, Philly fans. We'll try to be objective, but we're obviously going to be rooting against the Giants and the Cowboys. Who do you reckon is the biggest threat to the Eagles in the NFC East? I think it's. I personally believe it's the Giants. I think they're they're just getting the job done, and there's a lot to be said for a side to get the job done, like. The Cowboys have lost two games. Do you know what I mean? The, the Giants have lost one. The Giants have been behind in most games. <laughs> it's fair to say yeah, in the fourth quarter, they're scrappy. Yeah, and I think in a lot of cases, yeah, they're they're just getting over the the line, and there's something to be said for it. But you know, some of the sides they have played just haven't been high high quality. Um, they obviously beat Tennessee when Tennessee were in free fall there at the start of the season. Um, look, no disrespect to the, Lions, uh, to the Giants. We'll just need to see if they can sustain those one-score wins. I, I'd yeah. be on the other Fair. flip. I think the, the Cowboys are the biggest threat. Okay. Fair enough. Um, I suppose we, we did kind of mention them at points, but it would be remiss not to bring it up. And what is easily the biggest talking point in the NFL currently? Um, I'm gonna keep it nice and simple. But what seems to be a broken side? Should Tom call it quits? 
yeah, it's uh, one of the biggest surprises, I suppose, this year is how inept Tampa Bay is. Um, Leonard Fournette has been the offense, and even then he hasn't been fantastic. Uh, I suppose it's it's all capitulated by that pass to Mike Evans uh, early in the game against the Panthers. Like a really good pass, nice placement, and it's it just it bounces off the fingertips of Mike Evans and it drops. If that's it, would have been a walk-in touchdown otherwise. And mm. if it is a touchdown, the game pace, uh, I think it's changed. There could be a different result to the game, but similar to Green Bay, things have just not gone well for Tampa since the offseason. They they took a lot of defense or uh, injuries along the O line. I'm throwing this out there. If you Give read between... Hot if you take re- incoming. No, I don't know about that. If you read between the lines, okay, Tom retires, Bruce Arians is asked to move up, Todd Bowles is announced as head coach, Tom relinquishes the requirement. Are they missing Bruce Arians? Like, the offensive struggle, Todd, Todd Bowles, excellent defensive coordinator, but has struggled in the past as, as a head coach again is it a case of Tom potentially having too much power um, and I know kind of I, I know ultimately he was proven correct but when you look at the incident that happened in, in New England where Bill wanted him gone Kraft kept him on it, has Tom pushed here and, and has it come back to bite him yeah look I think a lot of flack is being directed towards Byron Leftwich, the OC, and quite possibly just the offense has been anemic, and I know they've been dealing with, obviously, uh, Julio Jones injured, um, Chris Godwin was the O-line, but obviously impact the running game. I don't know. It's very hard to, over the course of six games, or seven um to assess and you know attribute any drop off in, in, in production to to coaching or that style of, of personnel moves. Um I think they're best observed of course over just a, a season or two. But you might be onto something. You might be onto something because it's just not clicking. It's, it's just, just not, not clicking. clicking. And nothing is. Yeah. I think yeah, look. Tampa were they were really pulling on on Tom Brady being Tom Brady to pull them out of maybe some difficulties and it's just not clicking. Oh look and look, obviously look we're not here to, to bash the man and we know what he's going through personally and stuff like that, but it just I just wonder as well look I hope obviously not touch wood time hasn't come for Tom that's what I, you'd like to see him better at the top as opposed to be a poor reflection of what he was um, but yeah Tom has been pulled apart at nauseam I think this week it is right well moving on to the NFC's <coughs> South's counterpart 
After a quiet off-season where most media outlets faded the Titans, last year's number one AFC seed, will they repeat as divisional champs this year? And I also just kind of want to gush about Mike Vrabel. I think he's, I think he will establish himself as a a long-time, well-regarded coach. I think he's already well-regarded, but he's constantly overcoming like just bad situations, getting the most out of his team, um, defensively as well as making adjustments to the offense. You saw when Derrick Henry went down last year, they were able to navigate that, come out on number as, as the number one seed. Um, big respect to Vrabel. And obviously, he has Tennessee as the front runner in that division. What say you? What say I? I say I. Um, no, I am. Yeah, obviously, look, we, we discussed it. I thought... Like a lot of people, with Matt Ryan at the helm, the Colts to be more stable. Um, that obviously doesn't seem to be the case. Um, yeah, look, I, I suppose I was thinking about this actually during the week. It was like <sighs> someone brought it up that Vrabel obviously is like a fantastic coach, and I was like, yeah, but he's been blessed with a generational talent at running back, which is Derrick Henry. And then I got thinking, I was like, no, Derrick Henry wasn't a generational talent. He was in college, but his first few years in the pros pre-variable was very hit and miss he was like okay and he kind of seemed like he was just going to be a four-year guy round league average and then disappear but like his upward trend and form and kind of his domination as look the, the premier running back in the competition has coincided with Mike Variable's tenure in, in uh, Tennessee so yeah I think he's he's got the best out of Derrick Henry He's definitely got the best years out of Tannehill's career when you look at his the volume of work in Miami. Um, yeah. What more do you need to do as a coach other than get the best out of your players? Uh, oh, well, maybe a Super Bowl. But I would say, I would counteract this and say it wasn't a quiet offseason. It was an offseason with a lot of talent leaving out the front door. Um, yeah. I should, I should have sort of maybe clarified that in a lot of teams were bringing in big big weapons yeah stockpiling all this star-studded talent and it was kind of just bad sort of vibes over the offseason vibes of stagnation or or losing talent and you kind of wondered how was tennessee going to to keep pace with with anybody and look maybe they're not in the top tier but i think obviously we as we record on tuesday i think we heard yesterday that Matt Ryan is benched for the rest of the season. Yeah. Um, starting Sam Ellinger, who's never started or played in an NFL regular season game. Obviously, I said earlier on, I think there's concerns with Trevor Lawrence. He might need another year before he starts to look good with, with Doug and some decent co- uh, coaching. But I think this is Tennessee's year in this division. Yet again, um, yeah. Look, and I suppose there's no guarantee that it won't be their year again next year. Um, that roster is pricey True. and indeed in for no results. They might blow that up pretty soon. Um, yeah, I suppose moving on, staying in the the AFC. Um, Joe and Jamar looked back to their electric best on Sunday. 
is there potential for a run here akin to to last year or are the the so-called powerhouse of the AFC is in Buffalo and Kansas are they just too good this year because they do both look much improved Um, I was very much like last year like they just decided it's the exact thing I said okay and we've got a fantastic quarterback we've got fantastic wide receiving talent let's just play most of the game in shotgun and let's let the magic work because like for me that performance on Sunday was very much akin to the run last year Joe wasn't protected because they can't protect Joe yeah um, it's it's similar to last year and I think I said it at the start or when we were doing the preseason previews or the season previews um, that the connection between Joe and Jamar Chase it's like um, Patrick Mahomes and Kelsey there's always a chance that they can outscore their opponent and give them a chance to win my only concern is I just it's it, it, it would be unlikely to me that they could do it two years in a row with an, an O-line that's not performing like top tier um, and Joe Mixon isn't just quite performing to last year's standards which and that that'll hurt when they're playing teams that can put up a lot of points to control the game yeah they're all valid points they're all valid points but there's some special of course yeah there is there's just something it's joey cool yeah but it's 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 beyond just his aura it's just there's just there's a way of getting it done or something i don't know um i've got that clutch gene yeah, like I for one, given his performances coming out of LSU, I kind of thought, well, look, it's one season. Um, but he's very much proven me wrong in his tenure in the NFL, and there is something about him that I can't quite stick a needle in and say, oh, that's that's what's different about him. I just don't know what it is, but he's, he's special. He is special. Unfortunately, he's at the Bengals, which, look, history tells us is one of the worst run organizations. It's incredibly cheap. I'm not even sure if Taylor is a good coach. But Yeah. Yeah, that's TBD. I think it's closer to being confirmed as he's not than it is to TBD, to be fair. He's just he's uh, certainly not consistent. And no. Yeah. Um I think that's Cincy. Just beautiful to look at from maybe early on in the season when we thought uh, Burrow was coming back from his appendectomy but he looks to be back last week we're moving on moving on here last week they were the laughing stock of the NFL now they're one game out of first in their division with the best divisional record in their division can you guess who I'm talking about? That's right, the Carolina Panthers. What's the range of outcomes for the Carolina Panthers? It's actually like they've been the bottom dweller of the NFL till now. They have a, a record as good as the Saints. They're ahead of the Saints in the divisional standings because they have the better division record. I wouldn't tell you right now. Just after that last game, PJ Walker injecting a bit of spice into them. 
I don't know if I would say that the Saints are a better team than the Panthers. It's almost like I told you this in the season preview. Um, but in answer to your first question, I did know who you were talking about because you did center your points ahead of time. So I knew it was the Panthers. Yeah, we are organized. Yeah, just to, to answer the uh, the rhetorical question there. Um, the audience can, uh, can go along with it. Keep them on tenterhooks. Okay, I suppose there's a thing we kind of need to acknowledge as, as Irish sports fans that the American media outlets overreact and increase the importance of every little thing. And I suppose a sideline bust up trading away your number one wide receiver at the time, to be fair, um, potentially. Um, it's debatable whether DJ Moore is, is, is wide receiver one, but trading away your wide receiver one and your franchise, the face of your franchise in the same week. Oh, Robbie Anderson, you mean? Well, Robbie Anderson's wide receiver number one. Uh, but Chris McCaffrey is the face of the franchise who was the face yeah, of the franchise yeah, yeah, yeah. within the same week you've traded them away you've gone big on back to back quarterbacks who've been flops and Baker and Sam Darnold it's easy to understand why they were the laughing stock um, I think you've got a lot of guys now in that roster who are playing for jobs and that's a great motivation to be fair um, well not only um for jobs, uh, but to advertise themselves as as trade a trade bait. Obviously, mm. um, if you're not familiar, this is me talking to the audience here, Sasquatch. I know you're extremely knowledgeable. But the <laughs> trade deadline in the NFL is the first of November, so we'll obviously see a lot of trades just in the next few days. Um, the first of November, I think that's next Tuesday. So uh, a lot of people making cases. To, to be traded to good teams yeah um, but even just to secure a job next season be that in yeah, Carolina sure, or of elsewhere course. of course yeah. you can pile and tape you think of someone like PJ Walker who obviously has spent his time in the XFL and yeah it's it's a testament to how weird the NFC South is this season though. yeah it is um Falcons surprising and Bucks and Saints disappointing. Well, I say disappointing. You say uh, Bucks par. disappointing, Saints on par for what I expected. But it's it's arguably the most it's it's the division with the greatest parity. It's the easiest way to yeah. put it. So yeah, look. Apparently, the the Carolina Panthers are saying they're not sellers at the deadline. Um, they're kind of hyping up. Brian Burns and first saying they won't trade him and now saying they considered an offer for two first round picks and then turning that down we'll see it could be a spicy week and it could be a rough week now if you're a Panthers fan this is true this is true um, yeah looks like moving on again and someone who's kind of disappointed me um, I suppose personally I've always been high on, on Justin Herbert, especially since he started in the NFL, obviously. I've always been very high with him. Didn't see much of him in college. I think it was Oregon is where he came from. Um, which, look, is not Oregon. the greatest. It's not the greatest program out there. Um, it's not a poor program. It's not the greatest program. And maybe, I suppose, this has always kind of clouded my judgment on the Chargers. Now, you, you may remember my quote from the previews in that the Chargers will always let you down. Always. I didn't believe you. 
but it here did, we are. It didn't. Here we are. Um, crunch the season. I suppose they kind of have, to an extent. Let us down. Um, but I suppose at four and three, are the Chargers yeah, a good football yeah. team? I don't know. Look, obviously the record says they're, you know, a, football a winning country. football team, but just I think the eye test is just showing that Herbert isn't the same guy as he was yet last year. No. And I'm, and we know he's got he's he's got a nice rib injury early on in the season. Um, some injuries on his O line has him scrambling. Keenan Allen's been out. Um. Even the defense, Khalil Mack's been good, fine. He's not been Khalil Mack of three, four years ago. Uh, we saw J.C. Jackson benched last week and suffer a torn Achilles this week. That was one of their big, big additions on defense. Um, another case of, and I think a lot of the parody this year. Tom Brady said it's bad football. It's it's injuries happening to the good teams to sort of bring them down to more of the level of the lesser teams as well as bad football do you know what's um, a great point like that's the a uh, great point I'll say that again that's a great point yeah I think like if you look at the the Rams the Bengals early on the Buccaneers they all suffered a lot of um, O-line injuries and that's that's where a lot of their woes are, are stemming from. I was running through the six with my woes. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little Drake reference here. <laughs> uh, spice things up. Keep it cultured. Um, yes. Yeah. Highbrow. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, they're just... They've not looked good in the games. I've seen them win. Um, and they're in the tough division. And I, I know that. But I just... Yeah, I just don't look for a good team. Just really irking me, and I need someone to say yes, they're a good team, or no, they're a bad team, and I'll probably follow them in. So I've asked you, are they a good team? Uh, are they a good team? Yes, they are a good team, but not a great team. Very good, very good. I, th- I suppose the thing for me is, look, I know they've been impressive this season, but I think a, for me, a good team beats the Seahawks at home. Oh, okay. I don't know about that. I think the Seahawks are now a good team. I don't think they're blundering, blinding their way through through games. I think it's um. I think I they're achieving. they're legit. Yeah, fair. Yeah, very good. But I, I, yeah, the voice I of reason. Acknowledge your concern. You are the voice of reason, and I'm just an idiot with a microphone. Look, um, we'll move on. I am after just realizing that you should have started. Uh, it's okay it's but okay I'm always a gentleman I'm going to pretend this was um, this was uh, planned because yours is sort of a little bit more an NFL overview less yeah. football-y than, than my last point yeah um, so on the flip from my last point about the Carolina Panthers having a surprising record the Saints are now last in their division deservedly so or is injury to blame for all of their woes? Again, we're running into six. Running through the six with our woes. Um, no. Um, you cannot get rid of 
a generational head coach and not take a backward step. At quarterback, you have Andy Dalton and Jamie Winston, and you are in salary cap perjury right now, and you deserve to be. The Saints deserve to be where they're at, and and you can clip this audio and you can post to the Saints Reddit and you can watch them blow up in unholy amounts of blow up but no the Saints are the back to where they belong the Aints um, <laughs> it's hatred here it's not hatred it's just Hating. it's just they have not historically been a good franchise they I really think they were spoiled with Peyton and Brees um, they kind of ran into the season expecting the continuity from retaining um Dennis Allen as DC to head coach they put I think too much on that um I think okay injuries are always going to play its part and they they have been badly affected by injuries but look no further than last week's game uh when Dalton had I think by the half thrown an interception in the end zone and a pick six and Dennis Allen was asked what are they going to do different and he says well we're just going to keep keep doing the same we threw he threw two picks in the last two minutes of the, of the second quarter did he not something wild like that he He's, may well have yeah look, it, it was a disaster he, but the, the point is it's it's that lack of cognizance or adjustment from Dennis yeah. Allen um, it's I, I I actually do think the Saints are better than their record but yeah. it's like um, it's just fire it's not fi- in sync you know the gears are grinding they're not meshing um, I think they is what they is it's been a very odd the podcast this, this month <laughs> their record says they're the worst in the division and and sometimes they play like it I uh, no I, I yeah I look at it. I'm not overly gone on the Saints. Uh, just not overly gone them. I think. I think they are reflective of their talent at present. They've arguably got the best slot right receiver. He can't get healthy in Michael Thomas. Um. Obviously, we'll probably be accused of being biased. Obviously, because the Eagles hold the Saints first round pick so we'll be expected to want to see them do poorly uh i don't i'm trying to be objective they're where they are um you know it's a lot of it's on their faith in james winston and andy dalton um and it's just well when you're when you're sort of going writing a season with two mid backups they are like yeah Jameis obviously you've seen highs with Jameis but the the consistency isn't there for him to be a viable starter and well we just saw Andy Dalton in in the last game we know what they are particularly Andy Dalton it's not as if he's he's a three or four year quarterback and you think you can get things right from we know what he is we know what Jameis is it's not it's not a massive surprise. Yeah. Fair. Um 
was the final point on five and goal should actually have been the second half but someone couldn't hold the horses um, it was planned yeah commander's watch Jim Arsay has become the first franchise owner to speak out publicly about the Schneider area era sorry in the nation's capital and Heineke obviously reigned victorious on Sunday is there a glimmer even the smallest glimmer of hope uh, at the end of the tunnel I know Jim Arsay is kind of it can be quite a controversial owner and he in no way speaks for the other 31 owners but the fact that we've got one is there a potential that this house of cards could start to crumble and can we see a commander side that is maybe a little bit better run and morally easier to root for yeah as a division rival hopefully not a long live or all hail chairman snyder no no i'm sorry i'm not allowing that to, to <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no he's, uh, he's reprehensible yeah. he is a, is a scumbag um look everything's going against dan snyder it's all coming to a head um whatever about the the moral quandaries against him the biggest reason why other nfl owners may vote against him to remove him as an owner is because of the financial implications he's there's been reported irregularities between teams getting uh paid or finances due to them from snyder and the the commanders um obviously a lot of the revenue or the revenue generated by all the teams is put into a pot and shared and the commanders are not earning their fair share and that's a big bone of contention with other nfl owners a big way to get around that is building a new stadium it's a it's proven to generate a huge amount of income he can't pass a bill to to build a new stadium because that requires public funds dan snyder he couldn't pay for it on his own um so we can't get the support he did initially have support by politicians in in virginia um to build a stadium but the public outcry stopped that dead in his tracks so it's 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 not as if this is high-flying politics the fans are having their say and Dan Snyder knows he's wanted out by fans and at least one other NFL owner. <laughs> yeah, um, at least one one publicly. Yes. Um, I hope so. I do hope yeah. so. Yeah, um, I suppose. Divisional rivalries aside, it would be fantastic to get to a stage where all 32 franchises were, I suppose run effectively a huge win for the Texans as well this week with Jack Driscoll being uh, being sacked uh, as well so yeah look so that's our five and goal um, we would be remiss not to move on now to the week eight previews week eight preview so um, kicking off myself uh, Thursday night football it's an interesting dynamic it's two sides that have kind of obviously struggled uh, I have the point spread as Ravens being 1.5 point favourites yep snap so the Ravens out uh, obviously Tampa at the Buccaneers I suppose the key thing is the Ravens kind of the key to their victory against the Cleveland Browns was their defence 
um, is much improved. They are running the ball effectively, even without J.K. Dobbins. Um, Lamar has kind of dropped off a bit in production, so hopefully he can kind of swing back. Um, back to how he looked at the start of the season because I am kind of starting him in a different fantasy league, so I could do with that. Um, it it'll be interesting to see if the Bucks can turn things around. Three points against the Panthers is just not good enough. Um, they're at home. It's, it's a short turnaround. I'm back in the Ravens and I'm back in the cover the spread in short, not wildly. Um, I'm thinking kind of a field goal. Um, in terms of margin, but I am back in. The Ravens against the spread. Yeah, um, the Ravens obviously having a good offense and a disappointing defense this season. And flip side of that, the Bucks having a poor offense and a good defense this season. I will agree with you. I'll side with the Ravens and the good offense. Offenses tend to be more consistent uh, year to year, week to week. So I'll take yeah the Ravens minus the points there. Uh, the next game, the Denver Broncos are traveling to Jacksonville. Disappointment versus disappointment. Yeah. Um, is Russell Wilson going to play? I probably should have checked before the game. Or checked before. Do you know if he is? I don't know. Professionalism at its finest. Let's just assume he is. Let's assume he is because if it's Brett it's Ripken... Tuesday. If it's Brett Rippon um, taking the Jags all day, every day, uh, that point spread would indicate that Russell Wilson is playing. Um, obviously, the sorry, I didn't say the Jaguars are two and a half point favorites. Uh, I think they should have beaten the Giants. Um, they let Daniel Jones run all over them. You're not going to have that with the Broncos um, I'm going to take the Jags minus two and a half yeah um, it's not a it's not a, a very comfortable selection. no um, and if things suddenly started to click for Denver in this fixture I wouldn't be surprised I wouldn't be shocked no um, particularly with like the Broncos defense is legit and that's mm. what disappoint would disappoint me most if I was a Broncos fan is that this like really good defense has been wasted. You know, Russell Wilson should have came and slotted in perfectly to have this as a as an elite team, but his miscues just highlight the fact that they're wasting a really good uh, defense. Broncos defense. And we should also maybe just point out that James Robinson traded to the Jets. For a conditional fifth, I think. Yeah, obviously. Uh, good on James Brees Robinson. Hall. Yeah. He's backing up Brees Hall. Anyway. Yeah. Um, good on James there, Robinson. Yeah. I like him. Um, mm. And for some reason, the Jags coach, coaches didn't. I think they're, they're kind of going all in on Travis Etienne, which I don't see. Yeah. But that's fair, fair enough. Um, I suppose moving on, uh, the surprise upstarts Panthers last week. Um travel to the falcons the falcons for me are six point favorites oh uh, i've got four and a half points i've got six and i got them today um so yikes my source may not be good but uh i suppose look you're obviously you're gonna have pj walker again at quarterback and then more of kind of a run heavy offense 
I don't know. Um, I think I'm back in the Falcons. Uh, but I, if it's my spread of six points, I'm not backing them to cover the spread. Four and a half points. It's 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 a kind toss for me there. I think they're kind of maybe four points the better side. Four and a half is probably a bit of a stretch. Um, yeah, that's fair enough. Um, again, it's a tough one. I could see like the Falcons. I think were were uh, six and one covering the spread, so they covered the spread six of the first seven weeks. Um, so obviously, if they carry their momentum, you'd expect them to cover here. It's it's just hard to know what to expect from this Carolina side yeah um i'm gonna opt with atlanta and their track record so far this season of covering the spread i'll i'll take them minus four and a, certainly minus four and a half I, at six i would be yeah. very reluctant yeah fair enough <laughs> yeah um so point. the chicago bears fresh off their big upset over the pats uh they traveled to at&t stadium jerry world to play the Dallas Cowboys I have the Cowboys as nine and a half point favorites Um, to be honest I don't think there's a lot to say here I think the game Chicago just played will be an anomaly the highlight of their season I don't think they'll score you know close to 40 points again this season certainly not against the Dallas defense like this I know you're high on Justin Fields. He's yeah, certainly a talent. Talent in a vacuum. Talent in a vacuum. I'm high on sure. Justin Fields. Look, he's he's obviously a class runner, and maybe maybe that gives Dallas fits. Uh, you see a lot of really good defenses struggle against mobile quarterbacks. Justin Fields has the potential to to be a one man army here. I just don't trust him throwing the ball. Okay. Fair um, even the only at nine I w- and a half, I think I'll take the boys. The only thing I would say um, for the for the gambler out there is the result last night may shorten that point spread, and and that could be easy money for you. Yeah, I think that is yeah. an anomaly. True, very true. Excellent point. Uh, this I'm, guy, I'm, he knows what he's talking about. I'm, I'm right twice a week. Um, yeah, I suppose moving on. This is I suppose I'd say this is nearly your lock of the week. It's it's. It, it seems like it's it's an it's a easy trap game. Um, Miami are headed to the Lions. Um, the Dolphins are only three point favorites in this one. Um, look, I know that's what I have anyway. I don't know if you read the same. Yep, same. Yep, same. I mean, <laughs> Detroit were scrappy and competitive early against the Cowboys, but it was defensive ineptitude ultimately that that run that 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 kind of gave the the Cowboys the kind of run uh, the kind of the victory I think Jared Goff just has not been good since Amon St. Brown has been out I know he played a few snaps and then he went off with a concussion That's against right, the Cowboys yeah. so he may be a game time decision I just don't know I just for me I think the, the Dolphins are too good they've looked much improved this season especially with two at the helm his first game back I know people will go oh they only beat the Pittsburgh Steelers 16 points to 6 but Pittsburgh played that game really well. Kenny Pickett made a few rookie decisions when it mattered most. But Tua was slick in that opening quarter um, and just did the right things. He's always coming back from... The first drive, yeah. The first drive was impressive. Coming back from a, like a pretty severe injury. like That was a that was a horrific concussion. Um, so, yeah, no, I I, uh, I 
backed the Dolphins and I backed them to cover the spread in a big way. In a big way. Uh, three point spread. Are you ridiculous? Um, yeah, no, I agree. Um, the Lions obviously kind of were up for the task early in the, the game against Dallas. Defense kind of showed up. Um, and then obviously, well, I think the they, Detroit defense was put in a bad position by their offense given the, the giveaways. Um, but I don't think they'll they'll be able to go toe-to-toe with the Miami offense here. Um, as you say, Tua didn't look phenomenal, but he's probably, I think I would be, and I know he's he's a professional athlete, but you'd have to be have some sort of, you know, timidness about coming back from a concussion as bad as that. As he plays, he'll get a bit more comfortable. Um, yeah, the, I think concussions at the moment there's about the on average it's about just over seven days so if the concussion happens on game day their players are generally missing the next day mm. so the the lions might be without amin ross a brown and Deon, uh, deandre swift again so exactly yeah sorry Grab you're right attention. miami minus three i'm i'm a little bit mad i didn't put them into either of my my bets um right the arizona cardinals at the minnesota vikings uh, the minnesota vikings are three and a half point favorites you might think that's a little bit sus because they're five and one and they're only three and a half point favorites at home um and i i also think it's a bit suspicious i'm actually taking the cardinals plus three and a half here i think d hop coming back is a big boon um, and I don't think that five and one record for the Vikings is genuine. I know, obviously, the, I, <laughs> what I'm smirking at is is the listener. Obviously, just listen to this. We don't do a, a video podcast right now, but the passion in your face when you said the term "boon" uh, was boon. was joyous. That's 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 a rocky phrase. Boon loves a good boon. Yeah. Rocky? Next uh, uh, next season, we'll 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 bring this to YouTube and video. Yeah. The boon of the week, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I think the the point spread is based on the performance against the Saints, and I think that offense still did not click for me. I know Hopkins finished with what 100 yards, a little bit over 100 yards, um, and a good performance given he was he was out for six weeks. But as I said to you, like when he's come back, he's he's come back from a PED suspension. It's not an injury. It's not like it's not anything too serious. If anything, should hit the ground running coming back, um. I still think it's not fully clicking offensively. I think it was a it was a victory purely on the defensive. Sean Buda Baker in particular was phenomenal. Certainly had a big part. So yeah, look, I'm. I think that could be similar to to the Finns. I think Minnesota at home off a bye. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think there's money to be made there. But look, we'll, we'll, we digress. Um, I suppose moving on. This won't come as any surprise to you. Raiders, two-point favorites against the Saints. Uh, this, to me, I think it kind of shoot like screams shootout in the bayou, uh, if I'm going to be honest. Um, Josh Jacobs has been statistically the best running back over the last few weeks. Derek Carr has had some, through some lovely passes um, over the course of the weekend. 
think I think the Saints have a choice here to go with Winston or Andy Dalton. I think from what I've seen, Dalton is the plan. Is he still the plan after Thursday? They're they're waiting for a bad another bad game from Dalton to say, right, Jameis is healthy. We're going back to Jameis. I think. I I think if he's a bad two first two quarters, I think he could be subbed at halftime. So yeah, go back to Jameis, especially if they're behind. Like if like we know what Jameis is, but if you're behind, you kind of have to draw out Winston to, to sling it. So, yeah, look, I back the Raiders at a two-point spread. I'm backing them to cover that. I think they actually are a lot talented, a lot more talented than they've shown this season. Um, and I, I backed them against the Saints, and, and you know what? I'm comfy with it. I back them to cover the spread at two points, of course. Yeah, I think the biggest disparity between a team's record and their actual talent is the Raiders. Um. So I too would take the Raiders minus two. I think it's it's look it's a lot to do with the division. Um, if I'm honest. Yep. So the Pats coming off their their embarrassing loss to the Bears are going to MetLife Stadium in New Jersey to play the New York Jets. Um, New York Jets five and two. That's a surprise. Yes. Um, the Jets are not favourites. The Pats are one and a half point favourites. Historical. It's historical yeah. favouritism. Well, I find it just a bit, just a bit odd. Um, Look, maybe um, it's it's maybe it's tied to Breeze Hall ACL. Yeah, it very well may. Um, but at the same time. You know, running back is kind of possibly the most plug and play position. Which is true. Um, but I I agree with you. Brees Hall was um the runaway candidate for offensive rookie of the year. So I like James Robinson Robinson, but um he's not going to match his pace. I think I'm gonna take the one point five. And the New York Jets. The defense looking stout. Kind of giving me not much reason to doubt them. So I'll take the Jets. Yeah, and look, Zach Wilson hasn't lost so far this year. So I'm. It's really bizarre seeing the Jets with a, a good record. Really weird. <laughs> yeah, New York is the uh, most winning estate in professional football at present. And I suppose... Speaking of states, we've got a Pennsylvania matchup. Um, yes. Obviously, a bit of history for the fans. These two sides used to be one, known as the Steagles. I Remember know. It was war times. the 1940s, was it? Yeah, it was war times. War times. Um, Ye old yeah. war time. Now look, the Steelers have kind of struggled this year. The Eagles are obviously undefeated. The point spread I have is 11 points in favour of the Eagles. I think that's a little bit too high. I've got 10 and a half, yeah. Um, um, I think the Eagles uh, will win. I just don't think they're going to cover the spread. And again, I'm backing like a 10-point victory. I hate 
predicting blowouts. But I'm going to do it. I think Kenny Pickett's tiny hands won't be able to hold onto the the ball when faced with the Eagles pass, pass rush. They're not getting sacks, but they're, they're generating a lot of pressure on opposing quarterbacks. Um, I think it's going to force Kenny Pickett to, or out of the pocket, and we've seen him, he's able to run, um, but he's going to have to do that. He's going to be forced to do that. It's not going to be of his volition. Uh, I think, obviously, we're seeing some phenomenal cornerback play from Bradbury and Big Play Slay. I've got to take the Eagles in this one. The the Steelers, their receiving game, obviously George Pickens has made some fantastic catches, as has Deontay Johnson. Chase Claypool has had a big game, but it's not consistent. Mm. Najee Harris has suffered... Um, what did he suffer? Was it a Liz Frank? He's also He's, been outrushed by Daniel Jones this season. There you go. Najee has not looked good. Uh, Jalen Warren, their rookie running back, has been good. But not enough to scare you, um, considering the Eagles' Eagles' biggest weakness is run defense. Um, yeah, I think Jalen Hurts has a big day, and I think... Big play slay is a good day. Yeah. I tend to agree, yeah. Um, the next game. The Titans are travelling to Houston. Um, the Titans are only two point favourites. Um, but I can't see uh, I don't see why this is so close. I'm taking the Titans minus two here. The expectation is Tannehill has to play through an ankle injury. Right, so we're going to see Malik Willis. Potentially. Um, the I Titans are hoping, Derek, but he's, he's questionable. Derrick um, Henry historically does well against division rivals. Yeah. I think all they need to do is, is rely on Derrick Henry. Maybe script a few runs for Malik Willis. Give him easy throws. I'd still take Tennessee minus two here. Fair. Um, yeah, no. Um, yeah, okay. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, I suppose moving on. I can't, to be honest, like, I kind of got a bit side right there. I looked at the next game I had to preview and I was like, oh. yeah, in a case, of, a case of miss versus miss, uh, Commanders Colts, it's kind of a bizarre situation here where the Commanders won't have Carson Wentz to start an indie revenge game, but the man who replaced him is also going to be absent as well. Obviously, <laughs> we discussed second year quarterback Sam Ellinger in his matchup. Uh, if you're ever going to play as indie should play and run the ball, it should start here. Um, Colts are four point favourites. Just lean on. Jamin Taylor. The one thing I would say is the wide receiving game has, for me, improved. I think Alec Pierce has looked better in the last few games. We know Michael Pittman Jr. is the wide receiver one. So, you know, if the Colts don't win this one, um, I'm sticking a fork in them. To be to be quite frank, to be open and honest, uh, they might like challenge towards the end, but for me, they're done. I'm sticking a fork in them. I don't really want to talk about them much more. 
I back in the calls to win, but I'm not backing cover that spread because they've just disappointed me this year. Fair enough. Um, I kind of didn't really know what um, Sam Ellinger was like as a quarterback, so I kind of listened to a few uh, bits about him, uh, profiles. Uh, he's kind of he's kind of in the vein of Taylor Heineke. Will scramble around. He'll make passes. He'll do a bit of running. Nothing's particularly polished. Um, but why would I back that when I can back Taylor Heineke, who is that, who has the experience of even leading Washington to the playoffs in 2020? I'm going to take record. Washington plus three here. Say again. Okay. With a losing record. With a losing record. <laughs> you can't dispute the fact that it happened. Yeah, that's fair, but yeah. Um, yeah, look, I don't feel good about it, but give me Washington plus three. Okay, fair enough. Um, the New York Giants travel to Seattle. Seattle are three-point favorites. Look, the Giants are a big surprise. Um, I don't want to discredit them and say they don't deserve their record. I think they have been lucky in some cases. Um, I do think that they will get their second loss of the season here. I think Seattle are legit. Seattle's notoriously a tough place to play. Um, their their offense is playing well. Obviously, uh, Kenny Walker, the third. They've still got DK Metcalf, although... I know he suffered an injury in the last game. Still have Tyler Lockett. Um, O-line is playing well. Their defense has started to play better. Look, I could list out what the Giants have as well in Danny Dimes and Saquon and their defense. I just have a feeling that they won't be up for the tall task of beating Seattle in Seattle. Okay. Okay. Um, It's an interesting one for me. I... I don't know what way. I actually, to be honest with you, I'm not going to call this game because it's two sides that we're still not fully sure if they're legit or not. They've been massive shocks. They've been massively successful. And I think if one of them loses this one, it could be the start of a bit of an unraveling. So it's, it's an interesting yeah. matchup. It's a lot interesting, more interesting than it looked two weeks into the season. Yeah, absolutely. Fair. Um, and another fixture that looks a lot more interesting um, on the back of that bumper trade last week. 49ers at Rams. 49ers open two-point favourites. Uh, look, obviously they were shell-shocked to the Chiefs. That's no... It's no malintent. Like it's, it's, it's no, no embarrassing. It's, it's not embarrassing to lose to the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, or no shame. I suppose the big thing for me... The big thing for me is have the Rams sort out that O-line issues coming out of a bye. <sighs> yeah. Um, Fortnite's two-point favourites. Do I back them? Probably. Do I back them to cover the spread? Probably. Am I shocked if someone I'm high up on as a coach and John McVay manages turnings around with a bye week? No. But given the, the season as a whole... At present, I'm back in the 49ers. Yeah, um, it's a coin flip for me as well. I would go the 49ers only because they're the favourites. And yeah. I, I trust the books, the bookies to sort of have... Yeah, not the Tampa Bay books. 
yeah. the bookies to have a bit of an a better idea maybe than I would um so I just I just choose the 49ers by default okay um green bay traveling to buffalo very little to be said about this one uh buffalo 11 and a half point favorites green bay just they've not had anything going for them i uh 11 and a half points is a huge spread but you could see it just with the way green bay have been playing i think i actually would take buffalo minus 11 and a half yeah but I'm again it's just one. so wide i just lean that way rather than you know, yeah, no, I, I think I back. Spread. I think I back it. I think I would back it. Um, and we've seen them. some big spreads, and I've been reluctant to take them. But mm. I'm more comfortable like taking that one than some even the, the Panthers come true. at Rams. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I tend to. I, I just, I don't see it from Green Bay. Um, especially look, look. I know they play in Lambeau, and other conditions are not always the best. But it's a different set of conditions in Buffalo, and it's getting to that kind of period as well where it just gets a little bit of, the wind chill picks up a little bit the the breeze coming in from the atlantic starts to yeah to take over and yeah i'll back buffalo um i suppose finally um bengals the browns the ohio derby for want of a better phrase uh bengals only open this as three point favorites i suppose it's a it's a tribute and not a tribute i suppose to how well the browns have kind of like coped the season um i still think they've kind of let themselves down in points but they're in games um they've been functional um sounds kind of a quarterback um the bengals for me they looked very good last week i would love to say i'm back in the mobile and covering the spread i probably will to be fair but i just would like to have seen maybe a week or two more of what they showed last sunday um, the key thing is going to be time and possession. I think <laughs> the Browns could get could could lose this game by ten points and have significantly more time and possession because of their run game. Um, Nick Chubb obviously again has been I think top three. I think top three running back this season. Um, and then you throw in Kareem Hunt. Like it's it's a, it's an unbelievable it's, uh, duo. Yeah. So, Probably the yeah, last year we'll see them together, but it's fearsome. Contract-wise, yeah. Um, powerful. Yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, no, I, I think, look, I'm back in the Bengals and I'm, I'm back in a couple of spreads um, of three points. Yeah. Uh, look, I just think about Joe Burrow, his first four drives versus Atlanta. All of them were drives of over 70 yards, all ended in touchdowns. I'm just gonna have to be, uh, back the Bengals here without further explanation. That's fair. I, I like that. Um, yeah, I suppose so. That's been the week A previews. Final segment. You've heard the spreads. Now it's time for punter on the field. Punter on the field. Right. So, uh, just a quick recap of last week. I gave you five, six selections three bets on two different accumulators our safe one won so that's good so as of last week if you would have taken last week's profits to date or the profits to date into this week you would have been up 10 euro 
So there you go. There's a there's a good reason. Wow. That will cover one of this week's bets. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Um, okay, this week is going to be slightly, slightly different. The safer bet only has two selections in it. So we're going to take Washington, which were three point, um, uh, three point underdogs. We're going to take them with the spread at plus three um, over the Colts. The second leg is Arizona. We're going to tease them up to plus six. Um, that's Arizona plus six over the Vikings. That's the first bet. Um, 10 euro return 30. The second one, Quadra Money. Um, again, this one's going to be simple. Just three teams to win. Seattle to win versus the Giants. Tennessee to win versus Houston. And Las Vegas to win versus New Orleans. A tenor will return you about 52 euro. Um, look, it's worth saying now. About close to 80% of the bets I've given out now have, have come in. It's been unfortunately spread very evenly across bets. But um, look, the record is there, folks. We're going to have a big week some... <laughs> Somewhere. One of these days. One of these One days. Of these days. days. Yeah. yeah. Um look it's a good segment and look, I suppose I would stress to the viewer when the fun stops stop, please gamble responsibly. And absolutely. Feel free to throw these accumulators, these these, these picks into other accumulators and that's a nice that's a nice little that's a nice little or pick. Or even there. um send us in some of your accumulators that come through and, and boast we love mm -hmm. boasting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, hit us uh, up send them on, in us. Hit us up on Instagram, the midseason slump. Uh, or yeah, we'll, we'll give you a shout out. Alternatively, you can hit me up on Twitter, Sasquatch Scoop. Just tag me, and I'll uh, we'll call out the show. Um, I suppose that's all for me. I'd also like to take this opportunity once again to give a huge shout out to friend of the show and listener, Kate O'Neill, Eden Dairy County, all the way. That's all from me. Um, from the Keith O'Neill episode. Yeah, <laughs> that's who's out there. Thank you and good night. Good night. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, guys. Here it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Touch! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs.